Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and welcome to the Monday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. So glad you can join us. We've got a great show today. Two people who have played a major role in ongoing scandals, one of them involving Hillary Clinton, the Christopher Steele, the other on Hunter Biden. Yeah, we talk about both often on this show and on Just the News. We have a lot of the breaking news. First up today, the great lawyer, Dan Backer, is joining us. He's the man who filed that Federal Election Commission complaint a long, long time ago, all the way back in 1617, accusing the Clinton campaign of disguising the money that it used to pay for the Steele dossier, disguising it as a legal consulting fee to Perkins Coie when it was clearly an opposition research project designed to influence the FBI and the American public. Dan Bakker filed that complaint and did it as part of the Coolidge-Reagan Foundation, which is a big First Amendment advocate in America. And now he is going to talk about why it happened, why it's so rare to see the Federal Election Commission this day take any action. It's normally a paper tiger. This was a major victory in the campaign finance integrity space. Uh, He's going to talk about that also because he's a guy who has brought in some other historic cases, including McCutcheon versus the FEC, which eight years ago this week, removed the limits on federal election donations in aggregate that people can make on the grounds that that violated, those limits violated the First Amendment. We're going to talk to them about that. Will we ever see cryptocurrency being used to pay uh, campaign donations? I want to ask him about that. He is always a fount of great, extraordinary information. And then we're going to take a break. And when we come back from that, we're going to talk to retired Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. You've seen him on Fox for years. He's been on this show before. He's the head of the London Center. He's also just a pretty remarkable guy. His whistleblowing back in the early 2000s brought to light the Able Danger program at the DIA that was tracking terrorists before 9-11. That's a historic revelation that came to light a couple decades ago. But he's got something new. 
on our TV show, Friday Night, Just the News, Not Noise, with Amanda Head, he revealed that right in the beginning of the Hunter Biden laptop starting to surface in the fall of 2020, a three-letter agency, yes, a, an intelligence agency, a spy agency, approached him and asked him to go out and get the laptop for that agency. Now, after he said that on the TV show, I spent the weekend reporting it because that's a pretty big allegation. And we were able to corroborate it. I talked to U.S. intelligence officials, private individuals that were approached. It is true that a U.S. intelligence agency tried to get a copy of the Hunter Biden laptop to see if it had evidence that the Biden family was compromised and also to examine how foreign powers like China and Russia were trying to compromise the Biden family to learn about how other Americans may be at jeopardy of the same tactics, the same capabilities. I confirm that it's out there. It's blowing up. It's a big story. Tony Schaefer broke that on Just the News, Not Noise with Amanda Head and I on Friday night. And so we're going to bring that interview. Go check out the story because we advanced the story beyond the interview. It's sitting on top of the website right now. But two great guests, two momentous moments in scandal coverage that are key to our Just the News family. We're on both of these stories on a daily basis. And then tonight, check out our show at Just the News, Not Noise. We're going to have some great guests. Going to break some news tonight. We're going to lean into a new Hunter Biden story we're going to break in the next few days. We're going to give you a little taste of it tonight. So if you want to see it early, go to Just the News, Not Noise, the TV show on Real America's Voice, Channel 219 on Dish, Channel 240 on Pluto, on all of the apps, Roku, Samsung, Real America's Voice app, and of course, the Just the News app. You download that from the store. Click on the Watch tab. Boom. It works great. Just like that, you can watch the show real easily on that, or you can always go to the Just the News website and click on the TV tab, the old-fashioned way to do that. All right, that's what we got for today. Let's load it up. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Dan Backer, the lawyer that got the Hillary Clinton and Democratic National Committee fined for trying to disguise the funding for the Steele dossier. He's up first right after this commercial break. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon just the news family. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. 
That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Always excited to have you here. This next guest created history. I don't think it's a stretch to say that. Uh, He is the president and general counsel of the Coolidge Reagan Foundation and the person who filed the complaint that ultimately led uh, to the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton campaign having to pay a Federal Election Commission fine for disguising the source of the money that they used to pay uh, the Christopher Steele dossier, that great disinformation campaign that we now is out there. Joining me right now is the great lawyer, uh, Dan Backer. Dan, great to have you on. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. This was such a big moment last week, and we wanted to revisit it one more time because it is rare these days for the Federal Election Commission to take any action or to impose any penalties. This was a real victory for accountability in the election law space, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, the number of times they say no or can't reach a decision is stunningly high. And here, uh, you know, they by the skin of our teeth, it sounds like, but we managed to get uh, some semblance of accountability and I think probably the first fine that the uh, Clintons are ever actually paying so or hit with. It is amazing. And describe a little bit, not the theory of the case, because you prove you proved the case, but um, what really went on here, how they used the Perkins Coie law firm to disguise what was really an opposition research project against Donald Trump as some sort of legal compliance cost. Absolutely. So as a basic matter, when you spend it, raise and spend money in federal elections, you have to file reports with the Federal Election Commission. Everyone does this. And um, what you have to include when you're spending money, what that money's for. And so the, the Clinton campaign and the DNC, who are both subject to this very clear law, wanted to go and pay for this opposition research to be done. And I think it's a little bit more than the fact that they just wanted to get it done. They wanted things done with it, but they wanted to pay for it to be done. And rather than say, hey, we're paying this firm this money to do this job, they just paid their law firm an extra bunch of money uh, and just said legal services. And, you know, to say this is illegal is, is you know, really well-established law because sure is. folks don't remember uh, back in 2008, you actually had some Ron Paul staffers who did almost the exact same thing. They wanted to buy an endorsement from an Iowa state senator, Ken Sorensen, shifting it from Bachman to, to Ron Paul. And these couple of staffers, and you know, they um, they made a payment, and they reported it as one thing, and they said it was for audiovisual services to some vendor, and then that vendor uh, was basically just passing it on through to Ken Sorensen. Now Sorensen got convicted of this, and uh, the three operators in the Paul campaign, uh, they also uh, they were all convicted by, of this, and in fact, um, one of them served time. I, the Supreme Court refused to grant certiorari to hear this case, so this is this is sort of very recently settled law that you can't do this. 
Um, and it, it's not the excuse that they were trying to use, the Clintons were using of, oh, it's just a subcontractor fee, because no. They knew they were giving money to this end vendor to provide this end service, and they knew they were going to do something with it, and they didn't want anybody to know it was them. So they have as guilty a mind as you can possibly find, and they put it on paper for us, and they clearly broke the law. And what's interesting is it's not just that it's opposition research. Like, you know, people, people report paying for opposition research all the time. Sure. What's interesting is they had every intention of disseminating this information, of making it public. In fact, enormous efforts were made to not only compile this salacious, unverified uh, information from Russian intelligence assets of all people, uh, then they compile it all, and then they don't verify any of it, and then they ship it off in order to try and get it public. And that's what Steele was doing and, and others were doing. Um, and so it's not just opposition research. It's that they were creating this content, this false content, to make it public in, in a deliberate effort to hurt the campaign, and they didn't want people knowing they were doing it. That's all this boils down to. And that is exactly what federal law prohibits. It's just uh, stunning to take a look at the uh, the efforts that were used to conceal this. I, I was able to get uh, some testimony out of the British court where Christopher Steele talks about the first time he comes over from uh, uh, Great Britain to meet with Perkins Coie. And he says that he's kept in a different room. He can only talk to the lawyers through a wall. Like they don't want to see him. They don't want to, they don't want to claim they were in the same room with him. Uh, and it's just how bizarre that was in, in, in his own personal description. But there was a lot of sort of uh, cloak and dagger work here to play a dirty trick on Donald Trump, because we now know that the Steele dossier not only was unverifiable, in many cases it had Russian disinformation or outright false information in it, uh, but also to disguise that Hillary Clinton would be the person that not only gave it to the public, but foisted upon uh, the FBI and got the FBI to investigate this. When you look at the work you've done, work I've done in the reporting space, um, the, the greater sensitivity may have been here the fact that they were going to ship some of this allegations to the FBI and they didn't want their fingerprints on it. Uh, certainly that's what Sussman, the, the lawyer for Hillary Clinton's campaign, has been charged with doing, hiding that. Was, was it uh, as much concern about having contact with government agencies as being fingered in the public? You know, I got to be honest. I, I think the fact that they were trying to push the government to take action on their behalf is, again, part of the rationale as to why they did not want anybody knowing they were involved. Yeah. Uh, and then they, why they hid it through their lawyers under the cloak of presumed attorney-client privilege and so that, well, no one would ever have to disclose. It would never be known. Um, and now, it, what's really interesting is Perkins Coie is effectively, and the lawyers involved, uh, who blessed all of this. I mean, lawyers there, for now over Mark Elias' firm, but lawyers there blessed all of this. They are witnesses and participants in a conspiracy to defraud, uh, well, to, to file a false report with the federal government, which is the thing that everybody gets convicted on when they criminally prosecute this stuff. Right. Uh, including the, the folk, the old, those Ron Paul staffers. Uh, and then... Not only were they trying to file a false document with the uh, with the Federal Election Commission, they were relying on this on the proceeds of this act to essentially this this dossier to create a uh, to trigger false action on the part of the government. So really, there's almost like a potential FCA claim here if you could tie their hands to it a little more thoroughly. Um, but you know, the, and the wild part is, I, I'm assuming Durham is looking at this. Uh, but we, we, you know, we're getting to the, the end of the statute of the limitations here on some of this. In fact, some of it has already passed. Right. And so I'm, you know, I'm a little concerned. Like, 
I mean, we're, I think we're the first people to ever hold Hillary Clinton accountable. Um, we tried repeatedly. We got this. I would really hate for this to be the only form of accountability here. I mean, these people knowingly and willfully decided to you know, destroy Americans' faith in our democracy, poison with false information from foreign governments and enemy government intel assets. I mean, it's really outrageous. And they're just like, oh, well, it's just dirty tricks. No, it's not a dirty trick. I mean, it's everyone who screams and ranted about the Russia collusion, this is actual Russian collusion. They colluded with the Russian government, yep. and they did it knowingly, and they, they hid it from the public. I mean, it's, yeah. it's stunning. And activated and to try to get the yeah. Yeah, it's so amazing because you're right. They take information from Russians, so they're conspiring with Russia while accusing Trump of doing so, and then they activate the FBI and the intelligence community to try to give it the sense of legitimacy. When I first started breaking these stories, uh, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, you did a great job," and like I had it wrong. It was way bigger than I thought it was when I started, and uh, you know, it's because of the great work you've done in, in highlighting the financing of this and the great work that. DNI, particularly under John Radcliffe, did in getting some of this out. And then the final piece of it is now we see the, the, the extent of how the law firm really uh, was part of this operation uh, in, the, in the Durham indictment plus this FEC ruling. Uh, it's way worse than I thought it was when I, when I was doing the reporting at the beginning. It's, it's remarkable. What will be the long-term consequences? Are these fines big enough to deter future cheating? And I believe both the DNC and the Clinton campaign, that may be less relevant to the Clinton campaign now, but DNC has made a promise it won't do this sort of cheating again on its on its things. Uh, does this have some long-term repercussions, this, this final settlement? Well, it certainly makes it clear that if you're caught doing this, there's a penalty that will be paid. Uh, and so I think as a consequence, you're going to see this particular approach is not going to be as common. But the flip side is, is sort of problematic because they're just still going to try to do the same thing. They're just not going to – they're not going to report it the wrong way. I mean, imagine if they just reported a payment of Fusion GPS for opposition research. Not only would they not have – I mean, we would have all seen that a lot sooner, but there wouldn't have been a fine. Well, what if they do something else? Uh, what if they basically work with a general consultant? I mean, not their law firm, but a general consultant right. and say, hey, you know, Bob's, you know, Bob's politics shop, we're going to pay you this money for opposition research. Bob subcontracts to, to somebody else who subcontracts to somebody else. You know, the, the reality is you are allowed to have subcontractors. You're not, uh, the, the, the campaigns don't need to report every subcontractor. They need to report who they're paying and for what. And if those subcontractors are using other vendors on, and it's their choice and they're managing it, you know, there's no, there, that's perfectly legal. Um, and the, there is a certain irony there because the Democrats go nuts over this exact issue of subcontractors, the campaign reform scolds. Uh, they're going after President Trump on this. They've gone after others. But the reality is everybody does it. Republicans, Democrats, libertarians, everyone uses this. Because can you imagine if you had to, instead of reporting, you know, I, I $20,000 to Bob's House of Political Mail, you had to report um, how much they pay to the post office and how much they pay to the guy that actually prints the letters and the guy who prints the envelopes and the guy who, you know, people stuff the envelopes with the letters and, and the guy who carries it from the, there to the post office, and the guy who prints the mail. I mean, there's a lot of these intermediate vendors uh, or yeah. sub vendors that do tiny little things. And so it's, it's, it would be insane to have to try to know, for campaigns to know and report that. Um, and so the, the, it is somewhat frustrating. I think what will happen is they're going to get better at hiding their misconduct, which is generally the Clinton response to bad things. I mean, Clinton's have been doing dirty campaign finance for decades. I mean, they're the ones who made illegal foreign contributions federally um, uh, into felonies. Before, it, was, it wasn't as big a deal. Then they got caught doing it. 
Congress passes a law that actually makes it a much stiffer uh, felony to, to take illegal foreign contributions. Uh, and so the Clintons are always at the forefront of figuring out how to cheat here, it seems. Yeah, they, they sure are. In addition to just the mechanism by which, uh, I don't think we'll see this mechanism as, as much in the future, but my hope is that people realize that, look, even if it's, we think we papered it okay, I mean, we can still get in trouble for this because, again, they're not, if they report it as the wrong thing and to the wrong person it's for this other outcome that they knew was going to happen, uh, I, I think people, the lawyers involved are going to be a little more circumspect, a little more careful about it, and hopefully they'll be a little less inclined to do these kinds of dirty tricks. But I just don't really have a lot of faith in, in a, the Democratic political legal machine. So it may be that weird for a lot more of this, and it'll be harder to detect. But at least there's been some accountability. Yeah, no, th- this was long, uh, long awaited, and and it was welcome, you know, across the board. I mean, even the mainstream media covered this very uh, aggressively because it is a pretty significant revelation to think that Hillary Clinton went through all these different steps to hide something. He, she, you know, claims, oh, I didn't see anything wrong with this. Well, if you didn't see anything wrong with it, why are we doing all these steps to hide it? I think this your your case in in the ruling the Federal Election Commission did. Um, really got the mainstream media to go, aha, you're exactly right. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I want to turn well, to something else. You know, it, yeah. Oh, go ahead, please. Oh, sure. No, no, go ahead. Keep well, going. I was going to say, I, I was really interested when uh, uh, President Trump, I guess, had put out a release from the Sa- from Save America about the ruling at right the same day that it happened, uh, <clears throat> that it became public. And he's, um, you know, basically it really does support the arguments that he's making in his case about, you know, w- about the misconduct by the Hillary and the Democrats and some of the media in essentially slandering him, um, you know, and still a very hard case to, to, to win on. But I mean, I think it, it definitely it proves the point that he's been making all along yeah. that these bad actors did this bad thing. It was all BS. And, uh, it, you know, I think that's that's sort of an important to me. That's important. And the fact that the, the level of just dishonest and hypocrisy on the part of the left, like even if you don't even if you agree with their values on a lot of issues that they care about the actual sort of the deeper political issues that we the right and the left battle over you know it's okay to have honest disagreement but i just find it amazing that anybody is going to be okay with you know it doesn't matter if we lie cheat and steal we have to do lie cheat and steal it's the only way we're going to win if that's the mentality uh, of, of the other side i think that's the real problem and unfortunately i don't you know i don't, I don't know that there's a lot of upside to uh them and changing that because every time they're honest they lose so it really this it's been belated but i think the the repeated revelations over the last six months about what went on in the 2016 campaign are beginning to really highlight this pattern of cheating and it raises a question what else have they done that we have not detected yet what else have we not found because once you cross that rubicon once you're willing to cheat in some way uh god knows where it goes and i think that your case really heightened for people the idea that uh, this was cheating and it was uh, the dirtiest form of cheating. And in some cases, it was flat out illegal, uh, as we've seen with the Sussman indictment and the Federal Election Commission. I want to take you to somewhere else because it's hard to believe. I can't believe this. It's eight years ago this week that the United States Supreme Court uh, ruled in a historic ruling, McCutcheon versus FEC, which you were a key lawyer on. I remember this like it was yesterday. I can't believe it's eight years ago, but it struck down the aggregate limits uh, that donors faced for how much money they could donate to federal candidates. The court ruling on a five, I think it was five, four, that um, uh, it was an unconstitutional infringement of the First Amendment to set donor limits on the amount uh, you could give to, in, in total, to federal candidates. How much has the campaign finance system 
changed since that time? And what do you think the next big change is? For instance, I'm always curious, when does cryptocurrency start coming into this? When do we see uh, you know, the first crypto donations? I'm curious where, where you think this goes. Uh, well, we're seeing crypto right now. I mean, I was doing cryptocurrency work at the end of 2014 with Bitpack. Uh, and so we've, uh, we've done a lot in that space. I advised a couple of uh, uh, political organizations that do cryptocurrency. I'll tell you the biggest problem with cryptocurrency is that, and this is sort of uh, almost stupid, but the way the federal election law is written is that, uh, and again, it predates all this, is that uh, you can hold stocks and bonds and assets, which right. cryptocurrency would be, but you can't, you're, you have to liquidate it into cash and put it into your campaign depository, your bank account, uh, with a federally deposit insured uh, bank account in order to then spend that money. And, you know, first of all, I, I don't think this is good law because I actually made very obviously, very intentionally, and to very no, great notice on the FEC's part, spent cryptocurrency to pay expenses of BitPack in order to both demonstrate how to report this, but to kind of make that point. So I don't think this is still good law, but as a practical matter, and because most people don't want to spend time thinking about this, um, the easiest thing in the world for campaigns to do is to take cryptocurrency, immediately liquidate it, and now it's, it's dollars and it's in your bank account. And you know exactly what you got and when you got it and how much it was. So it's a very easy thing to report. The crazy problem that we're discovering is that um, there's really only one company out there that I'm aware of that really provides this function, particularly for other currencies than just Bitcoin. And, uh, and it's called, a company called BitPay. And they're a, good, they're a good company, very reputable. We cannot get political accounts set up here. It is insane. I have like clients that have been waiting months just to be able to get an account uh, to, or I guess to get authorized above like a tiny trivial amount of money uh, into, a, a, you know, like into the hundreds of dollars of, uh, to be able to accept and liquidate this cryptocurrency so that they can really take this and make it easy and sort of seamless. Uh, and it has just been an, it's an unbelievable slog. I mean, we're harassing the crap out of a part of my language, but it's really hard. Uh, we don't understand why we can't get them to just, you know, make this work. And so it's, um, it's been a real problem. I think that's probably the biggest holdup right now. I can tell you that a lot of candidates are happy to take crypto. A lot of them will hold it, some, but most would like to just liquidate it because they want the cash to you know, buy TV, do mail, whatever. Sure. Um, so crypto is already there. But the, the bigger impact of the McCutcheon case, um, so there, there's basically two major impacts. The first was the creation of what I call the McCutcheon account at the end of 2014. And that was the, uh, the National Party committees uh, on both sides, Democrat, Republican, uh, uh, the RNC, which is the National Republican Committee and the Senate Committee and the House Committee and the same on the D Democratic side. They each now have a, these uh, sets of McCutcheon accounts, which have triple the base limit. So you can right now uh, give to, I as an individual donor, can give to the, uh, either any of my National Party committees a grand total of $36,500 uh, to, say, the RNC. But I can give three times that amount to each of their um, legal proceedings funds, their building fund, and only at the RNC and the DNC, their convention fund. So that means I can now give an additional, uh, I'm terrible at math, but uh, $109,500 $109, into each of these three accounts. So it's like 300 and almost 330000 additional dollars. Now, the uses of those are somewhat restricted to the, their general purpose. There isn't a lot of great guidance here, but it certainly helps. Uh, and so... The Republicans and the Democrats both have these at the National Party Committee and their Senate and, and congressional accounts. And I've heard, and I'm very excited, that they're trying to uh, allow this for state party committees as well, because, frankly, state parties have recounts and yeah, sure. federal elections, and they have conventions for federal elections. 
uh, and they have buildings and, you know, some of them do, and where they run their federal programs out of. So this has been a really big uh, change, and it's resulted probably in, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would guess in the, probably $100 million of additional funding to the part, national party committees on both sides. Um, so that's the first thing. As a practical matter, I think it's really done a good job because what it does is it frees up the limited hard dollars that these parties can use to actually support candidates by shifting away these sort of administrative, non-political speech-related things uh, from those hard dollars. It was a really great step away from the stupidity of the McCain-Feingold uh, bipartisan campaign reform act. So that's, that's been a really positive thing. The other thing, much less positive, and actually, oddly enough, on the topic of Hillary Clinton, is that when we were at the Supreme Court, Democrats, uh, their counsel, postulated of the government, postulated this argument that, well, what will happen is you will have a national party committee form a joint fundraising committee, which they, they, they all do in presidential elections, with every state party, and they will get these huge checks that will just go straight in and all just end up in the hands of the national party committee from these super mega donors, and, you know, they're, and that's, you know, that's a bad thing. And the court said that would still be illegal, and, but we don't think that's enough. Even with the McCutcheon ruling we're granting today, that kind of you know, effort to end-run contribution limits and just you know, run the money through would still be unlawful because it's, uh, it's circumvention. And right. so, therefore, it doesn't stop us from ruling. Well, guess who in the, tw- in the 2016 election ran an $86 million money laundering scheme where donors cut, you know, huge six-figure checks to a central committee. And one person pressed the button, and it went out to all these participating state party committees, and that same person presses another button, and the money comes all back to, that, to, the, to, the, um, to the National Party Committee, which is then spending all of that money at the direction of the campaign. You want to guess? You guess? Um, Perkins Coie? No, well, I'm sure they blessed it, but no, the Hillary Clinton campaign. <laughs> oh, of course. And the DNC did this. Of course. And I filed an FEC complaint about this. It was $86 million worth of money laundering. And, like, you know, and we actually, this is 100 pages of meticulously detailed transactions. I mean, you have, like, same-day bank tra- transactions. Money goes in, money goes out. You had people reporting and not, not reporting it because, like, the same parties were complaining. They didn't even know this money was going into these accounts. Um, and, you know, but there's one person pressing these buttons. And so we filed a complaint. Uh, and then the FEC actually, uh, the Office of General Counsel said, this is totally illegal and you should pursue this. And unfortunately what happened is the, the Democrats, uh, the Democrat National Committee cut and pasted my entire argument practically, stuck it into their version of the complaint against the Republicans, because both sides do these super JSCs. I don't know what Republicans, how they actually manage it. I wasn't looking at theirs. Uh, but the Democrats simply broke the law. And so you had both of these side by side. And so... The, the, the FEC deadlocked on this, and essentially Hillary got away with $86 million worth of money laundering, and we couldn't do anything about it. And we, at the time, we, uh, we wanted to, but we couldn't sue. Uh, and so basically, they, they did this. They did this thing that the, FEC, the, the Supreme Court said would still be illegal. They did it. They got away with it. Um, and I think that has been insane. Now, the practical impact of this has been, yeah, they, now they know they have to be a little more, you know, structure these a little bit better because there's nothing illegal in doing these JCs. It's literally this one guy controlling all the money. Nobody's aware of it. And it's basically because Democrats don't trust their own. They think they're all, they think themselves they're all thieves. Uh, but this was this unbelievable story, like $86 million of money laundering that she got away with for her, for that campaign. And thank God she lost because I would have been really annoyed if, uh, if she'd won after that. So. 
Yeah, such an important thing. Uh, real quickly, Dan, the uh, for people who don't know the mission of the Coolidge Reagan Foundation and its incredible commitment to liberty, particularly First Amendment, could you just tell folks uh, what it does uh, and then also uh, how people can follow the work you're doing? Sure. Well, we're at CoolidgeReagan.org. It's all one word, CoolidgeReagan.org. And right now we do uh, basically two things. Our primary focus continues to be uh, on the First Amendment and government ethics. And so we will file FEC complaints and congressional ethics complaints against uh, bad actors in Congress. Uh, we file complaints against um, AOC and, and other Democrats as well. Uh, and we, you know, some of those go somewhere like the Hillary one. Some don't, unfortunately. A lot of them vanish into the bureaucracy. But we file these complaints, and occasionally we will litigate those where we have the resources to do it. Sure. Um, and uh, that's that's really been the main thing that we focus on. It was started by Sean McCutcheon and myself. We we basically fund this whole thing ourselves and uh, pay other law- lawyers to help us out with it. But um, so we basically have wanted to continue this work of expanding freedom and whole. And you can't, you know, if you're going to expand freedom, you have to have accountability as well. And then the other thing that we've started very recently, uh, and you can find out about that at RightDefense.org, is we're supporting uh, conservative criminal defense attorneys who are providing criminal defense representation pro bono uh, to individuals who are being criminally prosecuted, mainly by these scumbag Soros DAs, for uh, their, their beliefs. Um, you know, the, the first case that we're involved with is um, this really great guy out of uh, Virginia who was basically being criminally prosecuted because he, uh, he supported uh, race-blind, he's African-American man, very educated, supported race-blind admissions to Thomas Jefferson, this elite magnet high school in Alexandria, right. Virginia. Oh, sure. Uh, so, you know, and he's standing up for, look, I think you should be admitted on merit. Uh, and they're prosecuting him because some Democrat, you know, there were people who were uncomfortable with some Democrat alumni who wanted to hang out with the kids. So he said there was like a tweet or something. And so the Democrat Soros DA is essentially prosecuting this man under a statute that was enacted, uh, you know, I think, 100-some-odd years ago, uh, to criminalize calling a woman unchaste. You may not, you know, imply that a woman or say that a woman is unchaste, is, has had sex before marriage. Wow. Uh, and so the, the, the law got changed because Democrats in Virginia, took over the Virginia legislature and they changed the woman to person. And so this law that was created for this purpose is being used by the Soros DA to criminally prosecute this guy. Uh, and it's the most ridiculous thing ever. And they're doing it. It's very clear what, what they're doing. If you don't shut up and do as you're told, we will criminally prosecute you. We will yeah. destroy your life. We will get you fired. We will get you banned on social media. And now we're going to criminally prosecute you. It brings shut us back. Do as you're told. Brings us back to the first discussion because that's exactly what the uh, Clinton campaign and DNC were trying to do to Donald Trump: criminalize uh, a, a dispute uh, in the election and yep. uh, on false information. It, it is remarkable. Uh, Dan, it's always um, a pleasure to have you on. And I want to remind people that uh, people, I, I think a lot of people understand the Reagan part of this, but Cal Coolidge was a big advocate of the First Amendment. And if you haven't read, there is a famous 1925 speech that Cal Coolidge, the silent one, gave about the importance of a press under a free government. I think that speech is more relevant today than it ever is because of the failure of news media in the 21st century. If you haven't had a chance, go look at Cal Coolidge's Press Under a Free Government speech. It's a remarkable speech. It's eerie because back then he saw the press as a a panacea for all the ills that were coming out of the industrial complex and and, and a very corrupt era of America. Now, read it in the same light 
with what our press did to us and uh, the censorship that has happened. Amazing speech. Dan, great to have you on. And uh, let's stay in touch with so many good things you're, you're working on these days. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. A great honor. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have Tony Schaefer, the great national security expert on. I had him on the TV show. He tells an amazing story about the U.S. intelligence community trying to get a hold of Hunter Biden's laptop in the fall of 2020. You don't want to miss this right after the commercial break. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back. We're going to throw now to a great interview we did Friday night. Amanda Head and I did this on our TV show. Retired Lieutenant Colonel. Tony Schaefer, former intelligence officer, retired intelligence officer, he broke some news on the show, which we, by the way, advanced by confirming it with intelligence sources, with uh, lawyers and others who were involved in this. There was a moment during the end of the 2020 election where a major U.S. intelligence agency, yes, a three-letter agency, was trying to get its hands on the laptop to see just how compromised the Biden family was and to see what tactics were being used that might be used to harm other prominent American families. Tony Schaefer broke that on the show. Listen to this. It's quite the discussion we had with him Friday night. And go check out the story on the site where we advance it from this conversation after you listen to it. We'll be really interested to hear your thoughts on this. 
President Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden remain in the political hot seat as the mainstream media belatedly unravel their entwined, intertwined bank accounts, foreign business dealings, and God knows what else. Um, <laughs> I don't even know, and I've been covering it for three years. Uh, some people might call it corrupt behavior. I guess that's true. Well, listen, it's a big difference from two years ago when the mainstream media suppressed this story, called it Russian disinformation, called us reporters who were working on it, conspiracy nut jobs. And it was that that attack was based mostly on this letter. Take a look at this. This letter signed by 51 so-called national security experts before the 2020 election. Now, that letter was very impactful, even so much so that Joe Biden picked up the claim that his out the allegations about his son were nothing more than a smear campaign driven by Russian disinformation. Let's remind everybody of what our now president said back then when he was a candidate. You still think that the stories from the fall about your son Hunter were Russian disinformation and smear campaign, like you said? Yes, yes, yes. And even though you, John, covered and verified the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop more than a year and a half ago, the New York Times acknowledged it for the very first time only a few weeks ago. Way to catch up, New York Times, which means this isn't Russian disinformation, as he said, yes, yes, yes. Nonetheless, here to discuss this topic is retired lieutenant colonel and former intelligence officer Tony Schaffer. Tony, thank you so much for coming on the show. Amanda, thank you. Good to be on with you guys. And, uh, Kudos to John. Uh, I hope you don't mind me saying this. Uh, John came to me to help validate some of his reporting, and I'd like to believe the validation worked. Uh, uh, John was uh, very much like, I need to verify this. And I said, I'm not a reporter, but I have access, and let's let's do it. So, you know, I know John, for a fact, was working overtime to make sure everything was factually and precisely accurate. So That is 100% on brand for John Solomon, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. yeah, I know. A lot of long calls and like, hey, we need to talk to this guy. He's like, okay, let's do that. So I, <laughs> yeah. I get it. As a former intelligence officer, is there anything in this letter that was co-signed by 51, as John said, so-called national security experts based on actual intelligence? No, it was a, a hit piece based on uh, those individuals siding with a political cause and party over their oath of office. I know many of those folks. I've briefed many of them. Uh, many of them always acted during my days as an active uh, case officer politically. Uh, Jim Clapper. Jim Clapper has to be the most incompetent general I've ever known. And the reason I know that Jim uh, it was successful is because he always went with the political wins. That is to say, uh, John and Amanda, what, what I've seen during my career is you see officers willing to essentially compromise their integrity for purposes of promotion and, and providing the political class what they want to hear. Basically, if the, if the political class has an aspiration, these are the guys who were Johnny on the spot to give it to them. And they were, that's why these guys got to the top. And of course, hey, when you need someone to lie to support a political candidate that is completely flawed, that we know factually has been compromised, these guys are standing up to do what they did their entire career. So I'm not surprised by anybody on that list uh, being now completely compromised. And I do support the legislation saying these guys should never hold any official office again. Yeah, no, such a such an important reckoning that still has to be done on this letter. Tony, you're right. You helped me out a lot. And the reason we can turn to someone like you, because you always stick to the facts. You stick to your tradecraft, right? You, you stick to the intelligence skills that you were given over your incredible career. 
I want to ask you, myself, I remember that as this was going on, I think you got reached out to by the intelligence community because they didn't even did. know about this letter. Can you remind me what happened back uh, in the fall of 2020? Uh, a three-letter agency came to me and said, uh, hey, we've heard that you have access to a, a copy of the Hunter Biden hard drive. Could we get a copy? And it's like, do you know what's on there? I mean, we're talking about everything from child porn to, you know, all these these issues regarding the president. And they said, we don't care. Uh, we, this through, through their agency, I don't want to get anybody in trouble right now. But they said, we want to either confirm or refute it. We want to act factually. Uh, we don't have a political dog in the fight. But what our concern is, is that if there's compromising information on that hard drive, the president, but this is before the election, the president could could be compromised to the level uh, of, of owing either China or, or uh, Ukraine something. And this is what this three-letter agency was concerned about. And they came to me sincerely. They were in meetings with me when we were trying to negotiate getting a copy of the hard drive. And in the end, their leadership, their leadership said, stop, don't touch it. We don't want to know. So uh, this, wow. this issue not only... Uh, came from these 51 former officers who said, I have nothing to see here. You had someone inside the community turning off everything that was going on to either confirm or refute this uh, from, uh, from, from early on. So this is, this is as bad as it gets. You've got phony intelligence officers bolstering a, 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 a fake narrative, and you've got career intelligence officers simply wanting to get to the bottom being told, don't do it. So, Yeah, and you know, there's so much on that laptop that reflects miscreant behavior, the the dealings of Hunter Biden of a sexual nature. But but for national security, I just want to stick to the issues that implicate the Bidens in general. Uh, February of 2017, Hunter Biden banks six million dollars from a Chinese energy company that has ties to, to a Chinese intelligence operation. These are the things I think that Americans are concerned about. That six million dollar uh, deposit, what was that for? So it was for influence. Let's just be honest here. Uh, everything Hunter Biden had no fundamental experience in energy or leadership. His father, Joe Biden, put him on the board of Amtrak uh, for purposes of giving his son something to do. Being on the board of Amtrak does not qualify you to be on the board of major uh, energy corporations or, or be in the meetings to develop where they actually start working to figure out a way to fund development of energy. This was all influence. I think uh, what I've read, I have no direct knowledge. Uh, some of the FBI examination now is examining this China issue regarding his lobbying. And I think this was all about Hunter Biden going on the airplane with, with Biden, with Joe Biden. This wasn't about Hunter just kind of going on his own. This was him going, him Hunter going with a, an official delegation to China being part of the president's entourage and having that access. And if, if, if you're doing that, plus then trying to sell that access to people, I, I, that's 110% corruption. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I think people are waking up to it. Uh, my old employer, the Washington Post, like the New York Times, suddenly got on the Johnny-come-lately wagon, and they, uh, they, they picked up this part about uh, CEFC, this energy company, something we wrote about 18 months ago. Uh, but when you see a transaction, the vice president has just left. It's February 2017. Uh, Joe Biden just got an office and all of a sudden there's a big check cut by a bunch of Chinese uh, officials who have ties to the Communist Party. 
What does that tell a trained intelligence officer like you? What is the warning sign that uh, that transaction, right as the vice president's leaving the office, what might have happened? We've got about 90 seconds left, Tony. So it basically says that you're buying future influence. You're, you're basically saying, we didn't want to do it while you're in office, but here you go. Thank you for your help. And here's a down payment for the future. And John, that's my biggest concern. That's why this three-letter agency was looking at this. It's not that it's not what we now know that's important. It's what we don't know, but have clues of, just like you just said. So this is where any investigative reporter worth their salt, you are, thank God, uh, and the other uh, independent media must be investigating this very issue, because I do believe you're going to find a direct cor correlation to those payments under Biden and Joe Biden. And it's all about influence. Okay, 30 seconds left. Any legal repercussions will we ever see for either the president or his son or the brothers or the uncles here, there and yonder in the Biden family? So I, I look, I refer back to Spiro Agnew in, 19, in the 1970s, 1972, in that period where he was the most corrupt politician coming out of Maryland. They finally nailed him. I got to believe we're going down that same path at this point. And I know a lot of people don't want to see Kamala Harris as the replacement, but uh I think it's got to be done. Uh, there's yeah. no way this can stand without uh, the DOJ coming in to stop it. Stop. Yeah, I know a lot of Americans feel like there's a two-tier justice system and the, the elites in D.C. don't ever get held responsible for these things. So we appreciate you so much. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day right after this. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advice fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, 
and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, amac.us slash just news. That's amac.us forward slash just news. Welcome back, America. Great to have you here. Yep, it's time to wrap up the show. Big thanks to Dan Backer and to Tony Schaefer for giving us two meaty, newsy interviews, creating history here in Washington, D.C., two kind of important scandals I think are becoming more important by the day. All right, before we take a break, please remember to tune in tonight. We're going to have some great guests on the show tonight, including Tiffany Justice, who created Moms for Liberty. They've been fighting down in Florida this whole Disney don't say gay law, which, by the way, the law has nothing to do with saying gay. We're going to take that on tonight. I think Tiffany Justice is going to set the record straight on the show. Check it out. Now, before we go for the day, I'd like to take a moment to welcome a brand new sponsor, a brand new partner to Just the News, to John Solomon Reports, American Financing. If you're looking, as we all are, to add a little money to your budget, especially in an era of great inflation, it's a great time to consider a mortgage refinance. I'm doing that right now. I'm considering it. According to American Financing, it's an easy way to save up to, ready for this, $1,000 a month. Who would want to save $1,000 a month? Especially when you're paying 2X what you used to pay or 3X what you used to pay on gas. Then you go to the grocery store and everything is 20, 30% more expensive than it seems like a few months ago. You could use that extra $1,000 in your back pocket, in your wallet. So why not get started? All you got to do is call our good friends at American Financing right now and get a free mortgage review. Think of all the possibilities and then make the call to American Financing. Do it today. You won't be disappointed. If you start soon, you may close in as fast as 10 days. Now that's that's like record speed, getting it done in 10 days. How easy is that? So here's what you do. You call 866-890-7706. Let me give you that again, 866 866- 890-7706. Or, real easy, go to AmericanFinancing.net and MLS 182334. Let me give you that one more. NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Pretty amazing stuff. Go check out. Welcome to the family. So grateful to have American Financing here. Hey, save some money. Get on top of this. Get some cash back in your pocket. Check it out today with a refinance with our good friends at American Financing. All right, that wraps it up. Check us out tonight on the TV show. We'll have some good stuff. We'll be breaking some more big Hunter Biden news later this week, particularly with my good friend Seamus Bruner. Buckle up. A lot of big news coming this week. And thank you for listening as you move on from the podcast. May God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country, the United States. We'll be back tomorrow with more news from Just the News and John Solomon Reports. Good night. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens 
can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews.